You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. I think what we saw through the inquiry that we held last year and what we also heard from the stakeholders who came to the table and provided us with evidence under oath is that it seems that there is, like many of the programs currently available in government, there's a very uh, silo approach in addressing this issue. So some of the recommendations that we've made from the info that we received, um, there's about 38 recommendations the Commission made to 12 different stakeholders, include the increase of the child support grant. Now, Sakina, currently the child support grant does not even meet the food poverty line, which would mean the most basic nutritional needs of the children. So that was our first recommendation. The Treasury, along with the DSD, need to urgently look at that, um, uh, um, coming to the table on that child support grant increase. Now, further, what we saw is also the massively big role that the um, school nutrition program plays. It's one of government's best uh, poverty alleviation mechanisms How and how they have assisted children in, in very um, uh, impoverished environments. Now, unfortunately, Sakina, you would note that um, children uh, that do not go to school, they won't have access to this very important me- mechanism. That's why we are saying we need to um, focus on the zero to five-year-olds now to urgently address the sc- scourge of um, malnutrition in the province and in the country as large. And and to that point, Dr. Carter, uh, which age group uh, seems to be most vulnerable? Definitely the zero to five-year-olds. Uh, like I indicate, they would be the recipients of the child support grant. Um, they would not be necessarily receiving any further aid uh, in the shape of the National School Nutrition Program because those would be ring-fenced for the kids who go to school. Now, uh, we have noted in our report as well that we do know there's an ECD um, um, stipend that some of these children receive, but it does not reach the children um, so successfully as the child support grant as well as the National School Nutritional Program does. So we are definitely saying, can we please come to the table and prioritize the small children because they are susceptible to stunting. And uh, as our report also uh, pointed out, is that nationally the data that was before us, it points to a 27% stunting rate of children in South Africa and 25% specifically in the Eastern Cape. Now that for us is uh, clearly a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Imagine, uh, you know, a quarter of all the children uh, in that age cohort being stunted. Uh, perhaps it's worth unpacking what that means, Dr. Carter, when a child is stunted. So uh, without the necessary uh, medical background, I can, however, say that it is being referred to as a slow violence. So the the effects are not only felt now where the children are hungry, the children are, are, are in need of nutrition. It also spills over in how they grow up because they are simply not developing to to the optimal um, way in which they can develop. And then, um, as statistics and data also tells us, it also shows that they are not going to be able to contribute to the economy uh, in a manner in which they would have had the potential to do so. So hungry children are not only a now crisis, it's going to show in the fiscus and, and in, in, in the future as well. So we need to address it not only as a short term, but a medium and long term crisis.
And of course, it all seems almost surreal if one thinks about uh, the wastage that goes on in this country as far as food is concerned. Uh, if we look over the weekend, there was an article about uh, the amount that is being spent on uh, VIP uh, provisions uh, on the presidential uh, jet, for example. And you juxtapose that to the fact that children are actually malnourished uh, and in some instance some children actually die as a result of this. You know, if, if, if the call is to be actioned, what sort of impact would government be able to make, Dr. Carter? Uh, because this is something that we simply cannot stand and watch happen. Uh, unfortunately, we are. But in terms of the Disaster Management Act, how will this assist? So, um, just to go back to your point in respect of available resources, so Kina, the constitution is clear. We speak about available resources perhaps when there's an internal limitation clause such as in section 26 or 27 of the constitution. But when we speak about children, the courts have come out to say these are immediately enforceable rights. So, we need to go and have a look at where we can find these resources. Now, you have pointed out that there may be, you know, instances where these resources are available, but we just need to reprioritize and have a human rights agenda where we base our budgeting um, off from. So one of the things that we also pointed out in our inquiry was that every year there's about 10 million tons of food that land up in landfill sites. So food is being wasted in this country. And not only that, um, when we speak about available resources, unfortunately, there's a scourge of underspending in municipal budgets and in provincial budgets as well. That was pointed out uh, to us by Treasury in the province and we've seen that when um, the reports have made mention of the 67 million rand that was returned to the fiscus by DSD uh, which was in actual factoring fenced for food aid last year in the province. So when we speak about available resources we need to go and look is it available and is it in fact being used to address these potential human rights abuses. So that's where we first need to go and have a look at Sakina. Secondly, to answer your question in, in respect of the state of disaster, ours was to make recommendations and we made a plethora of them, like I've indicated, almost 40 of them to government to say these are options we need to urgently look at. And this was one of them. So in terms of the Disaster Management Act, uh, the disaster is categorized as a progressive or a widespread uh, occurrence which causes death or injury or disease. And then very importantly, um, it exceeds the ability of those affected by the disaster to cope with its effects from their own resources. Now, that is what we are asking ourselves currently is with a 40% unemployment rate, are our parents able to cope with this currently? Is municipalities able to cope with it? Is the province able to cope with it? Or do we need some form of intervention to immediately address the scourge of malnutrition and hungry kids in our province and in our country? And I think uh, the answer would be an emphatic yes, uh, Dr. Carter. But in terms of uh, giving effect to those recommendations and making sure that there is adherence from government, you know, within reasonable timeframes, um, what sort of discussions have you had? Has there been any sort of uh, timetable set in, in motion or, you know, where to from here? 
So what we have done is we have tabled this provisional report with all the stakeholders. They have copies of it. They were given opportunity to comment on this report. We then finalized the report and now we've given about three months in most of the recommendations and six months in others. But we are asking our stakeholders, uh, stakeholders to urgently come to the table. This is a discussion that everyone agreed on um, in the inquiry. No one said, you know what, this is something we need to put aside for another for another period. Everyone said this is something urgent we need to look into. And that's why we put it to them in um, the office of the Premier specifically who agreed to say, you know, in COVID-19, we were very successful in dealing with, um, you know, coordinated approaches. And is this not something that is calling for a war room against child hunger? Now, we are also aiming to table these reports in, in Parliament as well as the legislature. And we really hope that there is currently buy-in uh, so that we can save the kids from something that we think is uh, really preventable. Dr. Aileen Carter, thanks so much for your time. South African Human Rights Commission Provincial Manager, Dr. Aileen Carter. And, you know, this makes for very grim reading. And just to reiterate, um, the report revealed that 120 children in the Eastern Cape died of malnutrition uh, between 2021 and 2022. A thousand of uh, those children were diagnosed with acute malnutrition. And as Dr. Carter said, 27 percent of South Africa's children are reported to have stunted growth. And of the Eastern Cape children, 25 percent stunted growth. So we, we need to let that sink in and understand how dire the situation is. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.